This is Grace Grit and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priorities, increase their earnings, expand their influence, and advance up the leadership ladder all the way into the C-suite. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. My podcast, Grace Grit and Getting It Done, offers a practical guide for women working in the corporate arena. Weekly episodes feature conversations with recognized experts, authors, and influencers. I'm covering topics from navigating corporate culture and coping with gender bias to prioritizing self-care and managing work-life balance. For more information, or if you'd like to contact me, send an email to lisa at bigsky.coach. How do you define leadership? How do you identify the true leader in the room? It's not someone with the biggest title. It's not the leader in name only. We're talking about someone who actually leads. Someone who has a vision and can communicate that vision to others. Someone who can motivate and inspire others. Someone who persuades instead of punishes or pummels. Someone who will not run from conflict and someone who's not afraid to show vulnerability, someone who's empathetic and collaborative, and someone who can create consensus, someone who is more than capable to make the hard decisions that will benefit the greater good and not the chosen few. That's how I define leadership. Hi, my name is Lisa Gillette, and I'm the host of Grace, Grit, and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priority to step into a role of higher leadership and create the change to make the difference that is so needed at this time. We're streaming on the Bold Brave TV network. Today, my guest is Katie Phelan. She is a certified deep coaching practitioner, a master mentor, and a Neogram coach, and she's also a heart leadership coach. And of course, we're going to be talking about women's leadership, but we're also going to be talking about the Enneagram. This is the leadership assessment tool that has taken the world by storm. It is so much bigger than Myers-Briggs or Hogan or DISC or any personality index. And Katie is a master practitioner. So Katie, welcome. I'm so thrilled you're here. Hi, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh my God, my pleasure. So before we jump in and talk about the Enneagram and as you describe it, the transformative power for both personal and professional growth the Enneagram offers, I just have a foundational question for you. What is heart leadership coaching? Mm. I love this question and it makes me smile every time because I hear the words heart leaders or heart leadership. Um, It's something that I've actually kind of come into It's always been here for me, but I've come into in the last, um, I don't know, five, six years. But it's really heart leadership and heart leaders are really about coming into contact more fully with the qualities and the gifts of our own hearts and being able to see others through our hearts, not solely, but valuing that and bringing in that as a part of of one's life and, and leadership. And if I can offer just sort of a you know, in corporate, I come from a corporate background. I was a corporate leader in biotech for so many years. And what was really valued was our minds, yeah. right? Being able to think analytically, problem solving, and taking action, driving results. And the the heart 
qualities were sort of, for me, put in like a little box. And those are reserved for, you know, getting along with people. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a lot more that our heart intelligence can offer that supports how we think and how we act. Um, so yeah, yeah. More, more to yeah. come on that, I'm sure, but that's oh, kind of We how, have many, many questions. Uh, but you are talking about the emotionally intelligent leader, and that's the person who is not just driven by the bottom line, but is driven by the relationship that that individual has with senior, senior management, peers, colleagues, their team. And so Heartmate's leadership to me is kind of this new model that I, in my opinion, we need to move towards because the old model, the command control model is so not working at this point. So just share with me, um, let's go top line first with the Enneagram because it's really just so popular today, both in the corporate setting and in popular culture. How did you come to it? How did you find it? Actually, I had a coach, my executive coach uh, introduced me to it. And it was funny because when I was, was, uh, I was on this succession plan for my organization leadership and I was um, given the opportunity to have a coach and I looked through several that they had, had offered and this one um, kind of matched artistry and um, aesthetic. And I thought, what the heck is that? So I chose her, turns out it's, it's the Enneagram. And so she introduced me to it. I learned my dominant type, which is type two. And not surprisingly, it's a heart type. Um, but that's when I first learned. And that's the whole journey, which I know we'll get to, is just how transformative it's been in my own life, in my own um, professional and personal life. What's so interesting about so many of the things that, you know, because we're both coaches, it, it's like we learn the methodology, we apply it to ourselves, and we we test drive it, and then we bring it to our clients. So just talk a little bit about um, your corporate background and using, having gone through the Enneagram yourself, how did that change your leadership style once you got that level of understanding? Mm. Great question. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest impacts it had was I started to recognize those unhealthy patterns. Um, you know, all my life I've been told you're too sensitive or you're overly sensitive, right? So I internalized that message as I'm a bad person or that's a bad thing to be. And so whenever I would experience sensitivity, it would come out as defensiveness, it would come at us not listening, kind of taking control. So um, so as a leader, I started to recognize when I was doing that and I learned to pause. A lot of other things I've, I've learned along the way, but that to me was like a huge, because I was like, I'm a sensitive being. I sense things and you're telling me not to do that. So it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> right. Trust it, it just kind of went. It comes out. Yeah, it's going to come out. And what's so interesting about that is that I think many women leaders are kind of chastised for, you know, being too caring, being too emotional. And yet that is one of the things that really drives employees to go above and beyond when they feel like they're being seen, heard, understood, respected and recognized. Right. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And can I tell you, um, when I started down this journey of really kind of invite inviting into myself that I'm a heart leadership coach and a heart leader um, and sharing that with my clients and the work that I do. I interviewed a ton of women 
Uh, and that's what a lot of came back is like, I don't feel valued as a human. You know, I'm seen as an employee, as an asset. I think COVID completely flipped the paradigm on this um, or shifted it because employees started to realize what was important to them. And that was, I have a life too. And I want to be, you know, be able to, um, you know, bring all parts of me, you know, into this, um, into the work that I do. Yeah, I think many times women leaders are told, uh, you know, be more like a man, you'd be more successful. And we know that, honestly, that does not work. And in fact, in senior leadership, there is this movement. And we see it with the Enneagram is understand how you lead so that you know not only where your strengths are, but where your stretches are. Let's dive into the Enneagram because okay. this is an assessment. It's just so popular. Why do you think it's really captured everyone's attention? You know, I, I think one thing is it's an accelerator. It accelerates growth. And it also goes deeper than other personality systems um, and provides a framework not only for, you know, creating self-awareness and practices and strategies. Um, it, it shows you the path, you know, and, and we'll get more, I know, into the nine types, but it, it, it shows you uh -huh. how you can actually um, you know, shift patterns and grow. Right. So practical. I, I know it's just resonated with so many people because my understanding is, and full disclosure, I have uh, done the Enneagram with Katie and I have to tell you, it was like, oh, I know that. Oh, I recognize that. And it was such a practical strategy that I could start using right away. And most of the, I mean, this is a leadership assessment. This is not a personality assessment like Myers-Briggs or Hogan or Breckman or DISC or any of the other ones. And it really, I, I think it points to the fact that the world is just dying for true leaders right now. We just, you know, and the practical steps, it, it's just so interesting. Um, why do you think that uh, people are drawn to it right now? I mean, I'm talking about a little bit the worldwide crisis, but what is this need within people for practical solutions, especially when it comes to evolved leaders or emotionally intelligent leaders? You know, I think people kind of hit a, a wall, so to speak. You know, the, th the things that they've been trying and working through and practicing just maybe aren't, um, you know, having this, the impact that they like, you know, and that there, there's, you know, we constantly are triggered by life, by external uh, external things. And so I, I, a lot of the clients I work with, um, sometimes they're not, they're just something within them. They're like, God, I just need some help. I need some guidance. I need to know how do I just, you know, it's like when we're losing weight, we hit a plateau. How do we get through that, you know, that next layer or that next level. And so what the Enneagram helps us to do and why it's an accelerator, I think, is understanding the why. Mm. Why? And, you know, based on nine different structures, which are all of equal neutral value, um, helps us to see that the unconscious reasons or things that are driving our patterns of thought, behavior, and our feelings. Um, and it helps us to just go that deeper layer into understanding ourselves, who we are, not how we think we should show up in the world and show up as leaders, but how, who we really are and how can we turn into those gifts and magnify them, amplify them so that they can actually um, just feel better. Still, you can care and create impact, mm -hmm. you know, 
they're, they're not mutually exclusive. So I, to answer your question about why are people drawn to it, I think, I think that it also um, often people will be like, well, isn't that going to put me in a box, like label me like other right. types. And the beauty of the Enneagram is it actually shows us the box that we are already in. <laughs> and you a know? strategy for getting out of it. Yes. It, and I, 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 yeah, I like to call the strategies help us to dissolve those walls, you know, so we image. can see more clearly ourselves. Uh -huh. Shadows it's, and light, right? All of it. Right. It's the self-awareness that you're speaking to. And I know my experience in going through the Enneagram with you. I obviously at my age, I know myself pretty well, but it also really highlighted some things that I was able to recognize patterns. And I think for any woman leader, um, and I'm not in a leadership role right now, I, I, you know, I have my own business just like you do, but both of us were in corporate and it is a different mindset in corporate where you're one of many at a managerial level. And I was not a CEO. And so it's just a whole other way of being a woman in a situation where most of the leaders are men. And so how do you navigate all of that self-awareness, the self-consciousness, um, to just get a greater understanding of how we each function as individuals. Talk to me a little bit about your experience of the Enneagram with your coach. You mentioned this briefly when you were working in corporate, you had a coach and, and how did that bring you? We've talked about the aha moment you had. Could you share that? Sure. Sure. Can I, can I, can I, um, Ab cite absolutely one quote though from your last, what you just said yes. about leaders and, and the, you know, how we show up. And I'm reminded of, I believe it's in Maya Angelou quote, um, people won't remember what you said or did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Exactly. You know, and there's an empowerment in that for others, yeah. you know, feeling, yes. feeling them being able to feel themselves. So, yeah. um, yeah. So your question about my, can you ask me that again? Yeah. So I, I, you had mentioned that the way you got introduced to his Neogram is you had a, a coach when you were working in corporate, which many senior leaders do. I mean, thank God we're, you know, the mindset is like, get coaches now. This is a positive thing. And, and you had gone through and you were like, oh, I've recognized. And we've talked about this aha moment you had where you made the realization, hey, I am going to start a business. I am oh, okay, more to yeah. do. So, so kind of my, my journey. <laughs> Yeah, um, I had had a coach, uh, you know, back in like, I don't know, 2014, and introduced me to the Enneagram, but I've also been studying through different programs. I did a women's um, group coaching program with my coach. And that towards the end of that year, um, in that program, and I'd written my my leadership vision. And it was all about coaching. It was all about bringing people together, either in a group setting or one-on-one -on -one and just helping people. Cause that's what I loved about my leadership role was coaching and developing people. Um, but what happened was my shortly after that, like a couple weeks after my 25th year milestone, my job was eliminated and I knew it was coming. I was on the leadership team and, but kind of wiping out a whole layer of leadership was not on one of the proposals. So it was a shock. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you want me to go into more, more of that whole part. That well, you know, I, I, re the I remember you telling me that there was one moment where you realized 
this is my golden ticket. Sometimes in corporate, it's referred to as yeah. the golden parachute. Yeah. And um, I, I'm just going to share this with our listeners. Uh, and you literally were walking around smiling and your boss said to you, wow. Oh, yeah. You're, you're really happy that you're leaving, aren't you? Or something to that effect. And you were <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so, so from, you know, first I'll say is my body knew I was, I was not going to stay before my, my brain did. Right. <laughs> that is so self-aware. Oh I my God. And it was that. because all of these practices and tools, things I've been practicing, self-awareness, pausing, breathing, noticing physical sensations. I worked with somatic coach or somatic practitioner for like four years it all kicked in and I noticed I wasn't sleeping. I felt sick to my stomach thinking about all the jobs I was applying for, you know, the, work, yeah. the company I loved. And so over a course of a number of things happened and I actually wrote about it in a chapter of the collaborative book. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, where I just realized it started with what if I left and then it turned into what else could I do? You said you were doing somatic experience. Katie, please talk a little bit more about how you knew in your heart, before you knew intellectually you were moving on to start your own business yeah so um the 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 body aspect i said my body knew before my before my head did right and somatic is really kind of it's it's the the our nervous system charges and discharges it's it's how things kind of get trapped in there and so the physical sensations were happening and and so the, then the curiosity came and i started looking at um you know what else I could do. And then after I decided I'm going to leave and I'm going to take the severance package, I'm going to become a deep coaching practitioner. Um, I remember the aha moment that that really hit landed in my heart was when I'm in my office and I've already made the decision. I haven't told anybody yet, uh, or I told my boss and she comes in and she sits down and she goes, Katie, you have got to stop smiling. You look way too happy. And I love, can I just say how much I loved my boss? Um, the one I had last one I had when I was leaving, but that's when it fully landed. I was like, oh my God, I'm excited. Like I was in imposter syndrome thinking no one will hire me. How can I ever find another job to, I'm going to, I'm not only going to be a deep coaching practitioner, but I'm going to start a whole new chapter with my own business. So scary oh. and exciting at the same time. Yeah. What is that expression? If you feel fear, go ahead, that's the one thing you should do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like, yeah. or I think the other expression is, brave is what you're doing, fear is what you're feeling. Uh, but yeah, there's every new project. So um, share with me, you know, I, I'm really curious about your other role models and your influences, yeah. because you talked about the somatic experience, which that's so, you know, so empowering once we understand that, but who, who else in either coaching or in corporate has been an influencer or a role model for you? Oh gosh, so many. Um, I had a, I was fortunate. I had some really bad bosses early on. Like <laughs> yeah. I write about it in my, my chapter. It's, you know, don't you know, nobody likes you. Like I had a boss say that to me one time, but I was also fortunate enough to have some really incredible um, you know, people, leaders um, who I reported to who saw something in me and gave me opportunities and challenges even before I knew I could do it. And I rose to it. And, and of course, I was very successful. So, so those bosses, I, I always appreciate and look back with great fondness and great gratitude. Um, that is coach, the leadership. Yeah. 
You were about and, to say. Um, I was going to say my coach, my executive coach, um, introducing me to the Enneagram and um, also my deep coaching. When I went through the deep coaching certification process, my teachers and mentors, Roxanne Helm Murphy, um, founded the company. And um, it's a journey in self-discovery. It's not just a, a certification in the Enneagram human condition and coaching. It's an understanding of oneself. So I have walked the walk. So, mm -hmm. you know, I can hold space for others um, to do the yeah. same, but those were some of the biggest influence and other coaches. I've had partners and collaborators and um, I learn, I'm learning all the time. So, yeah. 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 Um, talk to me a little bit about, let's dive into the Enneagram now. You've mentioned that there are certain leadership styles or qualities mm -hmm. and there's types. Can you just break that down for us? Yeah. In, in, in terms of, let me talk a little bit about the nine types and sort of. Yeah. The, okay. Yes. Okay. Cause yeah. there's not, you know, the, the Enneagram is so deep, but, but one thing I will share is um, that there are nine types, you know, that, that, that the, the, the Enneagram is both a, a diagram with nine equidistance points that all represent a particular personality structure. Uh, it's not who we are fully, but it's the, the structure that's developed pre-verbal, pre-cognitive. Pre um, and it's a structure that helps us to get our needs met and stay safe. And each one has a slightly different, um, kind of focus and pull. And so each one, maybe I can speak to a few examples of, for example, the type itself, what they pursue, what they avoid, and kind of what the coping strategy is. Because in my in my education and, and learnings and certification, um, it's really looking at each structure like a um, an iceberg model. There's what you can see above, mm -hmm. everybody else can see too, and then there's what below, which may not even be known to ourselves. Right. So it helps to bring that unconscious to the conscious step, state. Um, but let's take type one. So type one is um, known as a reformer. Um, there's several sort of in the community of the Enneagram world, different schools of thought. You know, there's narrative, there's Riso Hudson, there's the diamond approach, and they all have a different sort of perspective on it. Um, so this is a reformer, perfectionist. And so the pursuit is, is doing and being good mm. and then avoiding being wrong or bad. And so this puts somebody on a mission. And as a leader, it can kind of look at as, you know, really diving into the details, um, driving the ship, you know, very controlled <laughs> and maybe not delegating so much, taking a lot on, which can be hard. Um, and it's also kind of defining the good and bad by their own internal compass, not necessarily by the laws of the land, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and I'll, maybe one from each triad. So that's, that's from the body uh, type one is in the body triad. Um, I know I haven't talked about the centers of intelligence yet, but there are three head, heart, and body. And right. then the next one looking at, let's say type three is the known as the achiever mm -hmm. and that structure. And I talk about it as a structure because I like to differentiate that, you know, it's not who we are fully. Um, but it's being seen as successful or valued, like the value comes in succeeding. And so mm -hmm. there's this avoiding being seen as a failure and even feeling worthless. Um, so the coping strategy really goes into ad adapting, performing, producing, really around you know, being seen as successful. That's where the value for the structure comes in. And so what that can look like is, you know, very, very can be very clear and direct and driving this, you know, the the deliverables, whatever they, whatever those might be. But they may be wanting to take credit and being seen as the one. So they're doing a lot as well. 
whereas mentoring others and, and letting go and trusting a little more for others also to to get in and do things because um, people can be feel like under undervalued and recognized or maybe deficient somehow that they're not being given opportunities right. so right. so that can happen um let's see looking at the head triad um type seven which is known as the enthusiast and so the pursuit for type seven which is also kind of the the essential quality is just joy the experience of mm -hmm. joy and so mm -hmm. there's a pursuit of open-ended freedom and not wanting to be caged in and the caged in aspect is like free from pain i don't want to be trapped in any kind of pain or discomfort <laughs> or negative feelings you know and so the coping strategy can be i'm not going to miss out on anything so guess what i'm going to always keep plans in 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 you know in play and different things uh -huh. and there's also this experience as a leader of kind of focusing it's also a positive outlook group so focusing on um what's going well and cheerleading that you know highlighting those positive things but when employees want to talk about things that aren't going well um, and these, this is generalizing. Let me just put an right. caveat right. in there too. Not every person of every right. type and leader does this, but these are things that can happen. So right. it's like, you know, and there's a quote, I think the quote is like, um, something around, uh, you know, celebrating, let's drive to the finish line before we start, you know, popping the champagne. I, I love that. Yeah. That's so insightful. What a great, great let's yeah. Let's not open the champagne yet. If you are curious about the Enneagram, you can find Katie at Katie, K-E-A-D-Y-P-H-E-L-A-N.com. Let me spell that for you again. KatieFillin.com, K-E-A-D-Y-P-H-E-L-A-N.com. And Katie is a certified deep coaching practitioner. She's a master mentor. Uh, she works with the Enneagram and she's also a heart leadership coach. And we know today as women who are working in leadership roles, we can't just lead with our head. We need to lead with our heart. So Katie, I, I want to ask you why this specific assessment, the Enneagram, you had talked about some types and I heard the various leadership qualities there, but why do you think that women resonate so much with the Enneagram? Hmm. I think that, um, well, bottom line, it empowers them to fulfill their full potential, their leadership potential. And it, it also, cause women so often, you know, we're, we grow up, I mean, I'm, there's definitely different generational things that, that are happening and we're seeing mm -hmm. unfolding even now with this current young generation. That's incredible. Um, but I think it's, um, you know, wanting to, this it's the the sort of previous predominant masculine sort of paradigm right and those qualities yes. and so yes. um and and women are are often taught to you know be small or don't speak you know just kind of you know and some break through that and they're like heck no i'm gonna do my thing you know and then like an assertive type where there's a withdrawn type that's like okay or like my, my type that feels just shame you know mm. um and so it's time. I think people are really feeling like it's time to just step into their own empowered self. Uh, and I, I couldn't, I could not agree with you more. Uh, you had mentioned a couple of types and, and I want to dive in just because I can, why not? Um, I know when I did the Enneagram with you, I, I was an eight and I know that there's also the kind of the mirror 
type uh, where when you're not, could you talk about that when you, you know, you're one type, you're identified through this uh, leadership assessment, but yeah. then there's sort of a, an alternate we divert to when we're under stress or not clear in our attentions. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. In fact, you're talking about the lines of, of integration um, and um, or lines of stress and lines of growth but disintegration and integration. If you look at the diagram, there's all these kind of interconnected lines. And so if you look at it, you can see what for each type, where the arrow's going. So like for your type, um, let's see. So for type eight, the growth line is actually to type two, mm -hmm. right? Which is mm -hmm. um, the magnanimous heart of type eight um sort of like this this avoiding vulnerability to be strong when actually the vulner the strength is in um the vulnerability yeah yeah and um the line of disintegration uh for eight is actually to five which is sort of the the type the investigator deepening into the knowledge and the expertise um of uh of a subject matter um, and I won't go into all the details about the growth and, and uh, the integration and mm -hmm. disintegration lines, but just to know that there are two, and it doesn't mean one's better than the other. There are actually, if we're at healthy levels of each, there's times like, for example, as type two, where I'm always, you know, the structure is people pleasing, looking at others, taking care of others' needs. The this line of disintegration to eight actually helps me step into the qualities of my needs and being okay with that and not in an unhealthy way, but standing up for myself or saying, I need a timeout. I need to take care of myself. Right. What I'm hearing, and this is so important for anybody listening, man or a woman, if you are in a leadership role or, or want to be in a leadership role, it's that not only the self-awareness, but it's that self-compassion. And Katie, as you're speaking, I'm hearing these are types. There's no good or bad. But let's be aware of the types and let's be aware of the strengths and the stretches, for lack of a better word, in yeah. each type. So the self-awareness can create self-compassion and lead to, I'm going to use a th heavy yeah. word here, higher self-enlightenment. So we actually reach our full potential as human beings in this lifetime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please. Oh, can I, yeah, I just want to speak to that because that's so important self-awareness awareness in general but truly self-awareness combined with self-observation mm. are really the foundation that that i start with with my clients you know that that really starting to notice and see the patterns for what they are not what we think they mean there is a meaning that's we're you know internalizing but yeah but right. self-awareness and self-observation together are, are are huge when it comes to personal and professional growth Right. And, and there's that third self, self-consciousness, which we know is not positive. And I think many times people who are very self-aware can also come from that place of self-consciousness. And now we're talking inner critic, right? The I'm not good enough message and the, oh, I didn't do that right. Oh, I should have done that better, which is so self-defeating. And the self-awareness is, yeah, I'm not good at that particular skill. Let me hire someone who is. Right? Mm -hmm. Can That's we talk about the, yes, the inner please. critic for a little bit? Because, yes, uh, please. 
I have made friends with mine. In fact, my coach and I've changed my relationship to it. And this is what I also help my clients to do. I do a ton of work around inner critic, unraveling the inner stories from, you know, and looking at it from the three centers of intelligence, the head, the heart and the body and belly and how to shift our relationship to it. And my coach, when I, my executive coach way back when gave me a, this beautiful little tiny chair and it was like silver and decorative. And I put it on my desk at work and I had a, a, a post-it note that said, uh, you know, cued me in to, you know, check if your, your inner critics here. And I would put it in the chair. <laughs> so, so we can't get rid of it. It's our, it's our super, right. right. It's a part of us. Right. And sometimes right. have a louder inner critic. Like one has, a very loud inner critic and type six has an inner committee. So <sighs> when we see it for what it is and changing that relationship, we can actually get curious about, is there actually something here I should be listening or I, it, it is good for me to listen to? Oh, it's that level of self-awareness. That is so insightful. You know, the inner critic for so many women and some men can be so loud. And you were mentioning how you actually made friends with yours. Can, can, I, mean, I, I think this is what we all want to do. By the way, if anybody wants to reach out to Katie, you can find her at Katie, K-E-A-D-Y, Feelin, P-H-E-L-A-N.com. So Katie, how did you make friends with your inner critic? We, need, mm. we all want to know, please. Wasn't an overnight success, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process um, yeah. and it's a process of uh, I would say process in a journey and it's not a straight line you know and it's also not you know two steps forward one step back you know I'm human so but how right. I've made friends with it is um, starting to understand the reason for its message so my inner critic was I'm not good enough you have to, in order, you know, you're unlovable. The only way you can be wanted and loved is to do for others and make yourself indispensable, you know, and in a caring way, which often turned out to why aren't they giving it back? You know, that give to get mm -hmm. <laughs> for type two. Yeah, um, all of us do I, that. Oh my God. And uh, I had this really big aha moment that was sort of, I think the beginning of the unraveling of my inner critic. And it was during my deep coaching certification process at one of the retreats. And one of the other co coaches, students, like kind of shushed me, not, you know, in, for her in a bad way, but for whatever reason, and we're in this beautiful place in this room, and all of a sudden I could feel my body start to kind of shake and the tears start to come. And I was so embarrassed, I ran out of the room. And one of my coaches, the teachers followed and just held space she didn't, she didn't ask me questions, try to solve it. She just held space. And it was my first physical and emotional experience of shame, like actually mm -hmm. being able to name it and know what it felt like and what triggered it. And so, and it was that inner critics like, oh, you did something bad, you're a bad person. So, so that was the beginning. And then it's just practice, you know, getting it wrong, blowing up sometimes. But then now I see that message and I go, oh, I'm focusing on others. What do I need right now? And what does my heart need? So that's that's one of my big sort of shifts uh, for me with mine. With mine. 
I think all women leaders and emerging women leaders can hear that message again, because so many times women are socialized to be the caregiver, be the caretaker, make sure everybody is accounted for and their needs are met. And then we put ourselves at the end of the line and that is amplified in culture, but in a leadership role, if you're not running at 100%, you're not leading at 100%, you're not functioning at 100%, you're not showing up for others at 100%. So what a level of awareness. I would imagine many of your clients who come to you are experiencing this same issue. Mm-hmm. And 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 how, how do you start the process with them? Mm. Well... I, I mentioned before, it's, it begins with self, sort of the exploration of, of self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Becoming aware of the patterns and what's underneath. And so I had a client um, actually recently, and one of her biggest challenges was fear. You know, she's launching her business on her own. She's been working with partners and she's going solo and she has a lot of fear, which is resulting in procrastination. And we did an, an, what, what I, what's called... Um, unraveling of the inner story. So kind of looking at what's triggering the fear, what's the situation that's happening. And then we just did a real slow, gentle, deep dive into what are the mental stories that come up when this trigger happens? What are you telling yourself? You know, and she explored those. Yeah. And then um, what uh, emotions are coming up for you around this? What does it feel like? And then what are the physical sensations? And so a lot of people don't even know. Some people are like, heart, what heart? What feel, what feel, you know? (laughs) And other people are like, I didn't even know that my stomach was in knots. And now that I'm thinking as we're doing this, like, oh, what's that? So we can also do a somatic exploration where I help people and guide them through getting to know that physical sensation and we explore it from different ways, just getting to know it. And what happens, much like the inner critic, it's trying to keep you safe, it's trying to get your needs met, but what ends up happening is it does the opposite. Yes. When we're constricted and having those physical sensations, sometimes we feel like, okay, the head, let's override it, let's just push it down, let's, you know. And counterintuitively, actually turning into it, exploring it, getting curious, what color is it? What's the shape? Is it their movement? Like what's going on? more often than not, when I check in with like, what's the intensity now from the beginning, it's lessened. There's a, a, an expansion right. and a releasing by going into it. So that's that's definitely one thing I have. And I had a, a client who identified as type seven and we had a session, um, you know, not that long ago. And we were reflecting back at the very first session where she's like, heart, what heart? And now it's like, wow, I feel that. And I want yeah. that, you know, there's a, there's a, so it's just kind of, a, it's a journey. And I just gently hold people, you know, creating that container. I mean, I'm ICF certified. So the international coaching or accredited, the International Coaching mm-hmm. Federation. So it's also following specific guidelines and mm-hmm. ethics, code of ethics and skills. Um, but it's really about creating a safe place and for people to feel um, trust and yes. judgment and are discovering things about themselves that they, they didn't know were there. The Enneagram is just so rich and I feel like we barely scratched the surface, but what, what can you share about it that you want our listeners to take away with them? Mm. 
great, great question. Yes, we just, I mean, just scratched the surface. So um, that uh, it's, it, it, can't, it can only help, you know, to just kind mm -hmm. of discover and to, to come into it with curiosity and an openness to learn more about yourself without necessarily having an objective in mind, you know? It's okay to just test the waters too, take the test and, you know, right. see what number comes up. Right. But, and you had, um, you had mentioned that there are insights with the Enneagram that are like gifts, really. Yeah, yeah. So I, exactly. And I've talked a lot about the structure itself and sort of the qualities of it. And we didn't even get into what are the gifts, gifts of each type. Um, the more yes. we can step into our gifts fully, especially as le leaders, as women leaders. Um, oh, my God, the sky's the limit, you know? Yeah, it is. Now, I know you also have a gift for listeners today. Will you talk to that? Absolutely. So uh, if you go to my website, katiefeelin.com, and at the top of the page, you'll see a let's talk. You can click on that and uh, schedule a, just a complimentary, complimentary session with me, a 30-minute session. We'll talk about you know your goals, what possibly brings you to coaching, and if you're interested in doing an Enneagram typing and inquiry session with me. So brilliant. And again, the website is Katie Phelan, K-E-A-D-Y-P-H-E-L-A-N.com. One of the things that I found when um, I did the Enneagram with you was that I did see patterns that I recognized. And then there were insights that talking mm -hmm. through the Enneagram after I'd taken it, after I'd taken the assessment with you, there were gifts, there were new practical strategies. And so I would highly recommend to any woman who's in a leadership role or stepping about to step into one, reach out to Katie. Um, she, yes, she's a colleague. Yes, she's a friend. Yes, she is an awesome coach. And yes, she's focused on women's leadership because let's just both acknowledge, Katie, the world needs leadership now that is mindful, that is heart-centered, that is emotionally intelligent, that is going to make the hard choices that benefit the greater good, not the chosen few. So and I do yeah. work with men too. Um, women are drawn to me. I work primarily with women, women leaders and emerging leaders, which is also great, great joy and joy for me, especially those people just stepping into new roles. Um, and I cut you off. What was your question? <laughs> no, I was going to say, what do you want to share? And I think it is important because I tend to only work with women. And when someone like you, who was a leader in corporate, is a leader now in your own business and just happens to be a woman, I think it's really important to share all your knowledge and your expertise and your, your coaching chops with both men and women. And I tend not to yeah. do that. So well, much. it's okay. You know, it's, it's, um, the, the men that I've worked with, um, quite honestly have very similar experiences in different ways, you know, I, not the same as women, but there's, they, they, they have struggles too. And oh, yeah. they're wanting to, you know, know more about themselves. I had this one client, a male, male leader, and I offer a grounding at the beginning of each session. It's mm -hmm. just a brief breathing kind of grounding exercise mm -hmm. with the three centers. And I introduced it to all my clients. And this one client, we did it. He's like, okay, we'll try it. And we did it. And then the, the next time, I think I didn't start with that. And he said, can we do that breathing thing again? That was really <laughs> helpful. I was like, sure, absolutely. You know, it's always Let's an invitation. Let's do it. 
Let's do it. I love that meeting the client where they where they are. So for everyone listening, reach out to Katie. You can find her at Katie K E A D Y P H E L A N dot com. Katiefeelin.com. Katie, it was my absolute pleasure today. I just so so appreciate you. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much for being on Grace Grit and getting it done. Thanks for listening to Grace Grit and getting it done. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. If you'd like more information or to contact me directly, send me an email, lisa at bigsky, B-I-G-S-K-Y dot coach. Lisa at bigsky dot coach. Thanks for listening.